Tyreek Hill is week to week, according to the Chiefs, with his sternoclavicular joint injury, and Patrick Mahomes was wearing some extra support on his left ankle on Wednesday at Chiefs practice. This is Sports BKC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast, sponsored by Big O Tires. I'm your host, Blair Kirkhoff. Injury updates made the news today, and you'll hear from Mahomes, who downplays the ankle sprain he suffered in the season opener at Jacksonville. Also, you'll hear from Kellis Robinette, who covers Kansas State. The Wildcats are off to an impressive start and face their biggest test to date, a trip to Mississippi State on Saturday for an 11 a.m. kick on ESPN. We'll talk about K-State's fortunes in recent big non-conference games. Hey, and before I forget, tomorrow's show will originate as a Facebook Live from Big O Tires in Kansas City at 700 Northwest Inglewood Road off 169 Highway around 9.30 in the morning. If you're getting your... If you're getting your tires rotated tomorrow, come by and see us. And if not, catch us on the Red Zone Extra Facebook page. Today is September 11th, and it was 18 years ago that the United States was the target of four coordinated terrorist attacks. Let me recommend the column by the stars Vahe Gregorian about the role sports played in helping heal a nation. The link to that story and others discussed in today's and every episode can be found in the show notes. Thanks for listening. What they're doing in the end zone really doesn't matter. This is what matters, is why is he limping on that left leg? Man, now Patrick Mahomes limping. The most discussed ankle sprain in Kansas City sports history? It just might be. Patrick Mahomes suffered the sprain to his left ankle in Sunday's victory at Jacksonville, and everyone wants the update. Here it is, straight from Mahomes. Uh, it's feeling better every single day. Uh, that's the biggest thing. I mean, that first day after it was a little sore, but uh, it, uh, since then the swelling's gone down and I'm able to move around a little bit better. So I'm uh, excited about getting on the practice field and being able to go out there and still get all the reps that I would usually get. Any different feeling than a common ankle injury? Uh, no, I mean, if you've played sports, you, you, you've had ankle injuries before. And so right when it happened, I knew what it was. Uh, but I was, I was glad I was able to get back out there and finish the game and uh, excited about the progress I've had so far. You took some pretty good hits in that game last week. You feel like you might have been able to avoid some of that? Maybe a little more mobile. Yeah, maybe at the maybe at the end there, but uh, I mean that's a good D line regardless. I mean even before that they were they were they were they were moving around, they're flying around, and they have they have guys that can go at every single position on that D line, and they rotate well. Uh, I thought the O line did a good job with with the heat and and everything they had, with the, all the stuff they were bringing. But uh, I mean that that was a good D line, and I was excited that we were still able to have success as an offense. At the portion of practice that was open to the media, Mahomes wore a wrap on his left ankle. We don't get to see more than stretching and light jogging on those occasions. You know, it's funny, plenty of things happened on the play where the injury occurred in the second quarter. The Chiefs faced a third and goal from the seven when Mahomes dropped back and the pocket collapsed. He was attempting to scramble out of trouble but was hit and fumbled. Tackle Eric Fisher alertly fell on the ball and also on the play there was that skirmish in the end zone. Meanwhile, Mahomes got up and was helped to the sideline. Reserve quarterback Matt Moore, who had just signed two weeks ago to replace Chad Henney as the backup, was starting to warm up. But Mahomes returned immediately and kept the offense humming as the Chiefs rolled up 40 points against a top-notch defense in their stadium on a sweltering afternoon. Mahomes' production dropped in the second half, but he was hardly going to keep up a pace that saw him throw for 211 yards in the first quarter, the second most in a first quarter in a game in NFL history, by the way, only Peyton Manning had more, and he threw for 313 in the first half. The Chiefs leaned more heavily on the running game, especially LaShawn McCoy in the second half to put things away. So for Mahomes and the Chiefs, it's on to week two in the Oakland Raiders. 
Let's hear more from the Chiefs quarterback on a multitude of topics, from the performances of McCoy and Watkins to the Raiders' victory over the Broncos on Monday night and playing on the same field as his father, the former Major League Baseball player whose teams played against the Oakland A's. And oh, let's hear what he thinks about seeing himself in so many commercials. And after we hear from Mahomes, and before we take a break, check out what linebacker Anthony Hitchens had to say about why the Chiefs didn't wilt in the fourth quarter of the game in Jacksonville that was played in oppressively hot weather. I wouldn't even, I haven't really noticed that, but uh, yeah, I think it was just he, he hit it whenever he, he got in there. I thought Damian did a good job as well, catching the ball in the backfield, running the ball. Uh, but that, that's, that's how we have as an, an offense is whoever gets the opportunity, they're going to make the plays no matter who's in there. Yeah, I think uh, it's it's – Sammy's going to do his job regardless of if Tyreek's there or not. I mean, he's going to go out there, play hard. He's going to go out there, uh, execute whatever Coach Reed asks him him to do. And I think having Mecole and D-Rob and these guys that have worked hard all training camp, uh, having them kind of get into that role and be able to do some of that stuff as well will will help out uh, the whole team. And, I mean, that's how we've always been is when you get your opportunity to go out there and make plays. I think just the training camp and OTAs and stuff that we had in general, uh, Coach Reed rotates those guys. G. Luz does a good job of rotating those guys. I mean, we run a lot of reps at practice, so guys are getting reps no matter no matter who's there. And so even last week with the heat and everything that we had, uh, we made sure to rotate the guys and get them reps, and so that's why when the whenever Tyree did go out in the game, they were able to transition easy, and we could still use utilize the whole game plan, and we didn't have to worry about what we could and couldn't use. Yeah, I, I got to the first half on Monday night, but I fell asleep at, at halftime. But uh, I did. I watched the film, and I mean, those guys are playing with a ton of energy. Uh, all those young guys that they had last year have really elevated their game. And uh, the guys they brought in, uh, they're playing with a ton of confidence. And so they're going to be a great test for us. They do a lot of different coverages, a lot of different blitzes. And so for us, it's, it's going to be an early test that we're going to have to go out there and have a good game plan for. Yeah, I feel like I can still throw the ball well. The uh, only thing that really was different maybe was some of the scrambles that you're accustomed to seeing me do. Uh, I was more in the pocket. But I feel like in the, the, during the whole game, I kind of was like that anyways. So uh, it, then maybe there might have been a time or two where I might have scrambled out instead of uh, getting uh, – tackled or dumping it to the flat. But other than that, I felt like I was pretty uh, good with where I was at. You've been to Oakland. You know how crazy the fans can be. Um, it's the last visit there. So mm-hmm. are there any good things you remember about going there as an opponent? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be an awesome atmosphere. I mean, you know that, especially with the rivalry and everything, that the history that the, the Chiefs and Raiders have. Uh, but it's going to be uh, cool to get out on that field. I'll get to say I played on the exact field my dad played on at one point. And so it'll be, uh, it'll be cool to have that experience and hopefully come out with a win. Yeah, yeah, I'll have the dirt and everything. I, I've, I've played short sometimes, so I'll be able to hopefully keep my feet there. You you, when you, you have any memories of the couple times you've been there, of the bus rides in, the Raiders fans can be – a little saucy. Any members of things they've said or, or done in the bus rides or down there by the black hole? Yeah, they're they're definitely proud of where they're from and who they're who they're representing. So I mean, it's a uh, it's always good when you have those games. Uh, you're able to kind of go in there and, and you know that it's kind of us against the world type of mentality whenever you're on that field and you're you're in that stadium. But I'm sure we'll have a, a few Chiefs fans there as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really cool when uh, when we when we when you think about it and when we talk about it. But I mean, it's still just playing the sports that we loved and uh, it's just worked out that way where we got to play on the uh, same exact field. How hard is it to play on an infield, you know, like you drop a bat to pass and maybe you're scrambling or something compared to just natural grass or well, I haven't got to actually do it yet. So, I mean, I know it's going to be different. I've seen how other other teams have attacked it. But until you kind of get out there, we'll, we'll kind of go with the flow till then. Probably the last one you're over at sea. 
Yeah, it could be. I mean, uh, I think that's the last one that they have, and uh, this is supposed to be the last year. So, I mean, it could be the last time that we get to play on something like that, but uh, it would be a great experience to have. Yeah, I just try to make progress each and every week. I think that's the biggest thing with me is, is to keep getting better. I mean, there's still so much for me to learn. I want to make sure that I can I can kind of dissect defenses before the snap and, and during the snap and just get us into the best play possible. And I feel like last week uh, I did a good job of just kind of getting the ball in my hands and letting the guys make plays and uh, not trying to force anything whenever it's not there. And so I'm going to keep trying to get better at that and uh, keep trying to attack downfield as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I was I was sitting in there and making throws. I mean, when you play, you're, you're going to get hit. Um, I'm, my job is, is to stand in there and make those throws uh, into, those, into those windows. And so for me, uh, I'm going to trust in the, the O-line that they're going to they're gonna protect me and uh, stay there and make those throws whenever they're there. I thought I, I, thought I did a good job of moving the, the, the flat defender, uh, but I, I don't think I necessarily needed to go full no look. I could have maybe like looked after because I got, I, got I got him inside and he was trying to get to the place I wanted to throw the ball. It's just maybe, maybe right before I threw the ball, just kind of give him a, at least a glance to see how he kind of came out of his route. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, still, it's still surreal. I mean, it's still kind of weird, I guess you would say, uh, whenever I'm just talking to my girlfriend and I hear my voice in the background. <laughs> but uh, it, it is a cool, it's a cool deal and it's kind of all of those commercials seem that they came out all at the same time, but it, it's cool to see yourself in, in, in that in that uh, place on TV. Any, more, guys? Any, any new ones coming? Uh, I don't think so for a while at least. So hopefully we, we can kind of keep it where it's at for a little while, and then maybe some will come out a little bit later in the year. Yeah, there's probably like one or two plays, you know, out of uh, the 58 to 60 plays we had that I was like, oh, I'm a little tired. And, uh, and that was long drives. Uh, but throughout the game, I wasn't tired at all. Uh, we do 12, 15 play sets here. I mean, I, you know, uh, in the heat. So uh, at the time, it sucks. But when you when you playing in the season, you just you you're, you thinking Coach Reed. Uh, and um, you know, a lot of our guys wasn't retired. So you know, when that fourth quarter came, we was playing like it was you know the first snap, and you could see that effect on other teams. Uh, uh, not to say they didn't condition or not like that. It just we we just went to work. You know, first day of our training camp, we were on 15 half gassers and then come to practice. So a lot of teams are not doing that. Uh, I got a lot of buddies in the league that are not doing that. So, uh, yeah, and it paid off. And hopefully it just keep, you know, keep paying off. Let's take a break here. And when we come back, Kellis Robinette joins us to talk about Kansas State's big game against Mississippi State in Starkville on Saturday. Save big on the biggest brand tires. Where else? You're participating Big O Tires. Now through September 22nd, get up to $70 off select sets of Michelin and BF Goodrich brand tires. Plus, get up to an additional $120 in mail-in rebates on qualifying purchases using your Big O Tires credit card. Only at Big O Tires, the team you trust. Not valid with other offers. Disposal fees extra. Up to 10% shop fee based on non-discounted retail price. Not to exceed $35 per permitted. For the store nearest you, go to BigOtires.com. Hey, it's Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners. Unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50, unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. 
Kellis Robinette covers Kansas State for the Wichita Eagle and Kansas City Star, and he joins us now. Kellis, how you doing? I'm doing great, Blair. It's another beautiful day in Manhattan. The Little Apple. It's always beautiful there. So, hey, the Wildcats have a big one coming up at Mississippi State. It's their marquee non-conference game. They they play one almost every year, and and that's that's a night. It wasn't always that way uh, in the Bill Snyder era, especially back in the '90s. There were there were droughts of um, you know of years when when the, when the Wildcats would not play a marquee non-conference opponent. That that kind of changed in the 2000s, especially with some neutral site games. I remember the Wildcats playing Iowa and uh, and California at Arrowhead Stadium. Had a series with Southern Cal at uh, a home and away, which was really exciting. And um, but in the in the second part of the Bill Snyder uh, campaign, and 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 now under uh, Chris Kleiman, the the the, uh, the Wildcats non-conference schedules are pretty pretty built out, I guess, aren't they? Through the through the next few years, and there's talk of some other games that maybe some neutral site games for the Wildcats. What do we know about who K-State might be playing in, in, the, in, in the next few years that might have more than just regional appeal? Well, um, you know, it's funny you should ask. I actually just went and uh, requested every single contract that Kansas State has with future non-conference opponents. So I could tell you every single one if you wanted to. How about that? How about let's limit to the Power Fives? Okay. Um, the big ones are obviously they've got a game Stanford uh, coming up that they'll either play at home or they might move it to Arlington or Kansas City. And I think they're leaning toward Arlington right now if they do move it. Uh, they got Vanderbilt next year. They've got let, let me, uh, and let's stop there because both of those opponents, Stanford and Vanderbilt, Vandy would come to Manhattan, I believe, right? Because that that game right, two years ago right. was at Vandy, and then the Stanford game was at Stanford a couple, you know, back in 2016. So it would be a, you know, Kansas State would maybe would wear the home uniforms if that got moved to Arrowhead or to Arlington. Right. As it stands right now, they'll play Vanderbilt at home next year and Stanford at home in 2021. And obviously they could move Stanford, but two two cool home games, unique opportunities uh, wherever they play them. And then beyond that, they've got a home and home with Missouri. Um, they've got a home and home with Washington State. They have a home and home with Colorado, and um, they actually just added a guarantee game that actually looks kind of cool. It's against Army, I think, in 2025. Oh, that is very cool. Um... Uh, Maybe not so cool based on how well Army has played lately. Especially, uh, last, then, was it last weekend against Michigan? Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. Yeah, maybe by then they'll have cooled off. But, uh, <laughs> right. But that's certainly something to look forward to. Absolutely. Well, and I also like the the idea of playing the old Big 12 opponents, Mizzou and, and Colorado. I'm holding out hope for a series with Nebraska at some, some point down the road. I've... I've talked to some Nebraska folks about it, and uh, and, and I, they're open to the idea of playing the the old big the old Big Eight Big Big Twelve opponents. I don't think they're interested very much in the Texas schools, but they're old Big Eight schools. They are, but Nebraska's schedules I know are, are are set pretty much for for several years now. It may be a while before we ever see anything like a a K State Nebraska, although they do seem to play in other sports. Yeah, well, and I know their athletic director has said he'd like to schedule K-State or Kansas or Iowa State, some teams like that, if he could. Um, just kind of the trouble now is, like you said, schools are scheduling so far out. Even when you do schedule them, you know, it's something that's going to happen a decade from now, so it's not the most exciting news ever. 
Um, I think Nebraska could be a cool opponent, um, you know, here in five or six years, something like that. Uh, another team I left off, they also have a home and home with the Rutgers, but that's pretty far out as well. Okay. Let's let's um, let's see if we can talk Gene Taylor into trading Rutgers for Nebraska. Same <laughs> that, com- that would be same conference. That'd be pretty fun. Yeah, same. They conference. could even play it at Arrowhead. They could even play it at Arrowhead. Now that would be something. Uh, I've been. Uh, we we know that uh, Missouri is coming to Arrowhead next year to play Arkansas, and like you said, the, there's still an outside possibility of Kansas State playing Stanford at Arrowhead. Although I, I agree with you from what I've heard that that game, if it if it doesn't if it's not played in Manhattan, it is likely to be played in Arlington. But um, either way, these these games are good for college football. They they spice up the September schedule uh, in the Big Twelve. I, I don't know if this is true every year, but but certainly almost every year, the Big 12 programs get their non-conference games out of the way and before conference play starts, and I, I like that as well. So it's almost like you got a month to get in your three non-conference games. K-State's going to do their three in three weeks, and it's going to be a high-profile game against Mississippi State in Starkville with, um, is it ESPN or ESPN2 doing this one? It's on big old ESPN, the flagship. There we go. How about that? That's that's fantastic. A lot of good exposure for um, for the Wildcats. Before we look ahead to Saturday's game, let's take a quick glance back at what happened last weekend. And based on the uh, on, on the score, looked like at least a lot of people thought that Bowling Green wouldn't be as difficult opponent an opponent as Nickel State was in the opener, and the score suggests that. But I've got to tell you, Callis, I can't tell the difference between the first couple of games because Kansas State just rolled in both of them, and uh, they did exactly what a, a program like Kansas State is expected to do when it faces, uh, uh, you know, under, you know, under man, you know, overman, overmatched opponents, I should say, and um, took care of business is is the sports cliche that I'm looking for. Uh, Chris Kleiman had to be pretty happy with what what he saw on Saturday. He did. I've kind of joked with people. There's not a whole lot to, uh, to complain about. Really, the biggest complaint is almost that it came too easily. The defense has only been on the field for 85 plays through two games. There were times last year where they were on the field for more than that in single Big 12 games. So it's just kind of crazy how easily the offense has dominated, how little the defense has had to do, and how, I guess, yeah, just nearly flawless they've looked in two weeks. It's it's kind of the funniest thing to me about all this is if you look at uh, Jeff Sagarin's ratings, Kansas State, uh, based on pretty much exclusively on their huge margin of victories here has uh, shot up to number 25 in that poll, which shows how good they're playing. But they've also beaten Nichols and Bowling Green so bad that they just tumbled way down. Um, it's kind of funny. Kansas State at this point, I think, according to Sagarin, has played the 177th hardest schedule in the country. <laughs> so uh, okay. they've got to hurt themselves in that regard. They've won so easily that they've uh, they've made their opponents just look that bad. So everyone's really looking forward to this this game this week so that we can finally see, okay, are they this good against real opponents or is it kind of kind of a mirage what we've seen so far? Okay, well, I didn't know whether to call this game the, the Kylan Hill Bowl or the Isaiah Zuber Bowl. I think you, get, you can take your choice here. Right? Uh, the, the teams are familiar with each other, and uh, after having played in Manhattan a year ago, and I can remember watching that game, Thinking, wow, um, this—you know—I I couldn't believe how physically superior Mississippi State seemed uh, 
uh, in that game, uh, and uh, and and they they certainly the, the score indicated a you know a one sided affair, but uh, but it was you were there, you covered it, and of course Kylan Hill, the running back, was just terrific in that game. What do you remember about that afternoon and and the way Mississippi State dominated? Well, I I remember just feeling like Mississippi State was bigger at basically every single position than Kansas State, and they actually some some Kansas State players on the team who were from the South took a picture with some Mississippi State guys they knew growing up after the game, and it was kind of comical to see the difference. Um, I mean, it was like receivers with linemen, but uh, the receivers were like five eight, and the linemen were almost seven feet tall. It was just kind of awful, like, wow, no wonder Mississippi State won by twenty one points. Um, but yeah, I just remember it being a really physical uh, contest. They didn't do anything all that special. They played great defense, but on offense, it was basically just QB keeper or you know some kind of handoff to Hill, and Kansas State couldn't stop it. It was really simple. It, Shouldn't have been that difficult to stop, but Mississippi State ran it to perfection. It kind of reminded me of Kansas State back when they had Colin Klein and John Hubert. They could just ground, you know, ground and pound and win, win with their rushing attack. Um, so it's got to cause, you know, some. I don't want to quite say nightmares, but some bad feelings for players knowing that they have to go up against Kylan Hill again. But I think this team also has a lot of swagger now. Uh, new swagger and Mississippi State's lost enough on defense that I, I think they're going to this game feeling quite a bit different. Um, you know, I know the spread seven and a half for Mississippi State, deservedly so, but I think most K State players probably go into this thinking that they they can win it. The thing that one of the reasons that I that it raised my eyebrows was as we talked about earlier, K State plays a game against a prof, high profile non conference opponent, and 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 to give Kansas State credit and Bill Snyder credit. He went out and found some really, you know, good programs to play. He had a home and home with UCLA, with Miami, with uh, you know, played Auburn, and 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 Stan, you know Stanford, and you know, and, and Kansas State didn't win all of those games. They swept the Hurricanes, I remember, and split with UCLA, but they always matched up okay. You know, you didn't feel like the you know there was a physically superior opponent uh, that the Wildcats were going against. I didn't feel that way until last year in that in that Mississippi State game. It did it did look like a wow, these you know these guys where did they come from? Is the SEC really grow them that big in you know in that part of the country? But um but no, uh it would be you know I, I think it would it would be an encouraging sign if if we saw Kansas State just match up physically better this year than they did last year. Yeah, and the the funny thing about both their last two regular season SEC games was that they, they went and lost to Vanderbilt, which, you know, raised a lot of red flags. But even then, you thought, okay, Vanderbilt was playing at home. Their defense looked pretty good. Maybe they're better than we thought. And the next week, they go out, and I think they got blanked by Alabama, like 66-0 to zero or something. Um, That's and right. All of a sudden, and all of a sudden, you're like, oh, wow. Um, you know, maybe it wasn't just the SEC thing that – was it maybe Kansas State's got a lot of work left to do and kind of same thing last year is as much better as Mississippi State looked in Kansas State they turned around and lost to Kentucky a week or two later and same thing Kansas State fans were sweating over those results so you're right the Mississippi State game was really the only one where you thought boy that wasn't very close um, the Miami games they won Auburn they really should have won if Tyler Lockett catches a TD pass or they make some field goals they probably win that game Stanford 
Uh, I think that was Jesse Ertz's first like complete game as a starting quarterback. So you could kind of write that off as a game that didn't go their way. But yeah, uh, Mississippi State last year was the first one that made you really say, boy, that was a mismatch. Maybe it won't be that way this year. So Callis Robinette will be there in Starkville covering the game for the Kansas City Star and Wichita Eagle. Callis, appreciate you spending some time with us. Yeah, you bet, Blair. And that'll do it for today's Sports Beat KC episode. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review us. If you say nice things, that can help us gain a bigger audience. Listen, I would never ask you to do something that's not in your heart. So if you don't want to rate and review us, don't, but do and be nice. Also, did you know the Star had its own YouTube channel? It does. If you type in Kansas City Star in the YouTube search field, well, the first thing you get is Roger Miller's song, Kansas City Star. Kansas City Star, that's what I are. And then there's some yodeling. But our channel's next, and you can access Sports Beat KC and so much more content there. Thanks to Kathy Liu for producing today's show, and Leah Becerra. She'll take her thanks and donations to her GoFundMe page for an Apple 11 phone. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of Sports Beat KC. You know, it's funny, isn't it?